Hello, everybody. This is Here Comes the Spider Cast, number 12. I am your co-host, Mike L. And as always, I'm joined by... Uh, Josh Mervell. And uh, we're going to be reading the Spider-Man comics from June 1981. Um... Each week we review a new month and uh, we're going chronologically. So this week we're going to be doing Amazing Spider-Man number 217. Then we're going to move on to Marvel Team-Up 106. And then we're going to finish off with Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man number 55. Right. Uh, okay, so starting with Amazing Spider-Man number 217. Um, I have heard so much about this story over the years. I'm not sure if you did. Right. I Not, uh, not necessarily, actually. I, it's just kind of like a, I don't know. I guess because of the way it was spoken about, I kind of just thought it would. It was this like classic story that everyone loved, you know, like right. Demon in a Bottle or or whatever, Born Again. It's not quite to that level. No, uh, it's a fairly clever idea. I actually don't mind the idea. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly talking about the end of the issue. Yes, by the way. I, I was gonna say like I, I feel like the the comic in general was pretty average. Like it it, Very. it it was pretty good and a solid comic, but then at the end it really piqued my interest, and I I really am very excited to read next week's issue. Yes, it, it definitely had a good ending, but before mm-hmm. we get to the end, unfortunately, we have to talk about the rest of the issue. Um, right. The first thing, <laughs> the first thing I noticed <laughs> is um. Okay, so basically, Spidey has just beat those guys who were planning that murder last month. Right, from last uh, issue. Last, yeah, yeah, so unfortunately, we're still dealing with that story. Um, but then what happens is Hydro Man shows up. And I just want to point out, there's actually a really cool sequence on page two where we kind of see Spider-Man interacting with the cops down, right. sort of in the background. And in the upper foreground, we see Hydro Man coming out of this water. Yeah. What is it I, called? Not a, yeah, it's a uh, cool thing. Water tower? Yeah, like a water tower. Yeah, it's, it's a cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool uh, layout. I mean, not not much is happening between the cops and Spider-Man throughout those three panels that are side by side. But that's because the focus of it is supposed to be Hydro-Man kind of uh, coming out. So I really kind of like that they kept the background simple with what we were not supposed to be focusing on. And then what we were supposed to be focusing on is the only thing that changed, which is really really well done i thought although yeah. i will say i think it's absolutely ridiculous that hydro man has just been hanging around this water tower waiting for spider-man to show up i know like I know. these weren't his goons that he put there it's not like he no. set this like it would be a very different story i think it'd be kind of clever if he set it up where he like convinced the goons to kill somebody from the water towers knowing that spider-man would show up but he just happened to be there. Yeah. Well, he says here, nah, I mixed with the rain and came back together in this here barrel. Like, this specific barrel. Yeah. It's just, so, it's just more... does that mean when he, when he, like, burst into mist and he became part of the rain, was it only this specific cloud that had the rain and it all happened to pour into the water tower? Oh. Like, what? See, What's the logic he, uh, behind this? Well, and then on the next page, he says, I've been trapped in there stewing, waiting to do this. Wait, why was he trapped? If he has control over all of his molecules and can turn into water, how was he trapped? Right. It's just, yeah, just he, he was waiting stupid. for somebody to open up the lid. Like, it's just right. uh, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I, and and when I first like started reading this issue, I thought, like, here we go, another Denny O'Neill flop. Yeah. Because I, I was just like, this is, you've got to be kidding me. This is so ridiculous. Uh-huh. But I, I think it does uh, improve along the way. Mm-hmm. And as the issue goes on, it gets better. But there's still some really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Lonesome Pincus? Uh, who's that again? His neighbor. Oh, the cowboy. The cowboy. Like the, the guy singing country music. That yeah. is another weird subplot that just... That doesn't go anywhere. I looked it up. No. I'm pretty sure this is the last issue he makes an appearance in. It's just so pointless. So, like, may, maybe Denny O'Neill was poking fun at like someone he knew or someone on he staff. He must have been, yeah. Yeah, just, just again, like you said, goes nowhere. It's just stupid. And then before we get to that, we have this... Now, this is interesting because... I, I've just watched the re- the new, 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 new Halloween movie, which I, that's a whole other conversation, but right. he goes to see a movie. It clearly says Halloween, Halloween 2. Halloween 2, yeah. But everything he's saying 
it doesn't quite match. Like he says, the critics say the ending of this film is dynamite. Absolutely impossible to guess. And I don't remember Halloween 2 that well, but I don't remember there being a twist ending. Right. But then they, they say something in here. Oh, the, it was uh, the grandma that planted yeah, the bomb or something yeah, like that. Yeah, what the yeah. hell? That's not Halloween 2. Am I wrong? No, no, I don't think so. But I, I think it was also <laughs> just supposed to be like, I don't know. Yeah, just like generic movie yeah. plot. Like, well, they should have picked a different name for it. But I wonder if Halloween 2 maybe hadn't come out yet at this time. Could you know be. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, good point. I, I'm going to look that up because maybe it was just kind of a joke. Like it's, oh, sure. it's a Halloween 2, kind of like Jaws 73 or whatever it was. Sure, sure, in. Sure. Uh, yeah, like I know what you mean. Like they used to do that like Back to the Future. They'd show like Rambo 15 or whatever. Right. Oh, you know yeah. what? Halloween 2 came out in 1981. And when was this? Oh, this is This 81. was 1981. But... Uh, this came out, the movie came out October 30th, 1981, and this came out June. So this was, this was right before Halloween 2 came out, so. And I bet you it hit the stands probably at least three months before that. Right. Before June, so it's even earlier. So you're right, maybe people didn't even know it was coming out yet. Yeah. You know, they didn't have the internet back then, so. Mm Mm-hmm. There was no way to keep up on things. So anyway, so then we touch base with Sandman, and he's kind of in the bar with well, his girlfriend. Well, before that, we actually see oh. a little bit of Deb right after right, the, right, the movie right. theater. So, well, in the movie theater, which honestly, I really like this part, uh, yeah. only because we kind of get some justice for for uh, Deb, right? <laughs> and we, you know, we kind of uh, make fun of Peter Parker a little bit. Which normally I'd be like, oh man, this guy's a bully. But honestly, the way that Parker's been acting, I'm like, finally somebody's putting him yeah, in his place. It. Yeah, he completely right, exactly. deserves it. So yeah, I just wanted to point that out because we've been talking about poor Deb Whitman for sure. the past few episodes. So I just wanted to make sure we uh, <laughs> brought and that it's up. So, it's so funny because we've seen so much of Deborah Whitman and the general public doesn't... Like, I barely knew who she was growing mm-hmm. up. And look how prominent she was in this era. She's in every story, you know, but right. she's just been I, I lost think, to history. I think she's lost because this era of Spider-Man is lost too. Good point. Good you know point. what I mean? Like nobody really brings up these stories that we've been, like because they're not the greats. That's like some of, some of them have been, been pretty solid, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not something I would suggest or bring up if I'm talking about Spider-Man comics. No, no, good point. Okay, so this, uh, so Sandman is in the bar with this girl, right? And then Hydro Man comes in, and it turns out it's his girlfriend, right? Right. This is this. This is the girl from uh, the issue we were introduced to Hydro Man when he starts sweating in the bar, right? So this right, is the right. same woman, yeah. So then it, it's almost like then getting back to uh, Lonesome Pincus, it's almost like. Denny O'Neill has a chart. Right. And he goes, okay, I got to have a little fight scene. Then I could have a little Peter Parker. Then I got to have a little Lonesome Pincus subplot. Then a little Deborah Whitman. And he just hits all these uh, checkpoints with every story. But they never really. That's very true. Yeah, they just don't go together or click. And and the thing is, too, it's like a bizarro Spider-Man. Like this, yeah. Like it, it, this checklist that he has each week for for all the for each month, I I guess uh, Mm. at the time. Uh, it's it's everything that Spider Man's not. Yeah. Like oh, he's got to you know bitch about his next door neighbor, and oh, he's got to go and be a jerk to Deb Whitman, and right, like it's right. just kind of like the check marks are all for the wrong reasons. I mean, even to the like yeah. the the endings being completely abrupt. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good point. It's funny because he also smashes. He's so upset about the guy playing the country music that he smashes through the the wall. And Which is, now he's he's a what did what did you call him? He's a Kyle smashing the yeah. drywall, <laughs> punching the drywall. <laughs> like this is is. Have you ever seen the movie Night Shift? No, I haven't. Okay, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. But anyway, okay. it stars. I'm half joking, but it is awesome. It's Michael Keaton's uh, first role. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you should check it out. But anyway, the star of the film, the protagonist, is Henry Winkler, who we all know as the Fonz, right? Right. But in the film, he played against type. He played this sort of pushover, and there's a running subplot in the movie that there's a guy blaring country music in the next apartment over. 
But it, but it's like when he finally does go over to confront him, only because his fiance forces him to, he gets his ass kicked, or like he gets threatened, <laughs> basically. And it's like that's how it should be. Like that even would, though Peter Parker, even though even though he is strong, he shouldn't be pushing people around, right? Yeah, that that would have actually been really funny mm-hmm. if if something like that happened to him. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just so wild. anyway, yeah. So then we get this. Cut back to this bar fight, which, by the way, I know that John Romita Jr. is still early in his career, but even this fight scene, if you look at the bottom of digital page 10, um, right. what a dull layout for yeah. a fight, you know? Just- even even some of the the drawings of the people, like if you look at the bottom left cor- uh, panel, yeah, the, the woman in the foreground looks so wrong. Right. Like her, right. her proportions are off, like her... That her profile is really weird and flat, right? Like she looks like a Roman helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, good point. Like good it's point. completely straight down for her forehead uh-huh. to her nose. It's just, uh, yeah, it's weird. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, not great. And then that kind of drags out for a few more panels, and then and then. It j- but the thing is, too, it also just gets dropped. Yeah, like, like she just says, "I just had an idea," and then it jumps to them being friends and walking down the street and stealing stuff for this woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's just, again, forced. It's illogical. It's, it's just Denny O'Neill wanted to get the plot to this point. So he just forced it into that. Right. But it, it's not logical. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I think that near the end, I, I'm normally not a huge fan of like just fight scenes for fight scenes. Mm. Uh, but I think that this one was a little bit better than normal. Okay. I kind of, I kind of like Hydra Man and Sandman teaming up together. Yeah, it's a great idea. Like yeah. their powers make them a perfect team, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and there's um, some, yeah, there's so- some pretty cool stuff in it too. Like when he crashes the crates on them. I mean, that's right. kind of anticlimactic. Like, would you really think that that would? St- I think they actually say that. Like, you really think crate would stop us? And it's true. Like, what were you thinking? Sure. But then. It's just like a pile of sand and then Sandman kind of forms this like uh-huh. monster face and hand. It grabs like Spidey. Spider-Man's like half of Spider-Man's leg. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. there's some pretty cool stuff I think in here, but, uh, doesn't really fit well together. Mm-hmm. Like nothing really flows or makes much sense, honestly. No, I, I guess it's one of those things where, you know, again, the art kind of carries a little bit, but it just mm-hmm. becomes... Like sort of too little, too late. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's even like a silly scene on Digital Twenty One, Original Twenty, when they're leaping towards each other, and Spider-Man, you know, the way they're charging gives me a <laughs> shot at one of the oldest moves in the book. And then the next page, he ducks down, and they smash into right. each other. Chuck, choomp. You know, I don't know. Just silliness supreme. They fall into the river, and then they rise up behind him as he's thinking. More, you know, cool storytelling from John Romita Jr. Yeah. And then on this last page, we see that they formed into this giant sludge monster. So, so this cool. is the part. Yeah, this is the part that I've heard about. You know, people kind of reference. Yeah, like because it's a cool idea them merging together into one. So yeah, that that's that's goes. really cool to kind of see villains team up too. I like right. I don't know when Sinister Six starts up, but I don't think that's till later. Well, right. The, the original Sinister Six was, I think, Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One. So that's way back in. Like, oh 64. wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but then they, I think they disappeared for a while and then came back in the right. late 80s, yeah. But I think it's really fun to see villains team up too because we always see the heroes team up to, to face sure. the villains. So when they... Um, but my favorite part about it is when they can use their powers together in some sort of way. Yes. Like uh, if... We don't really see that in, in the, the next comic we're going to be talking about, but for the team up, if... Spider-Man helped Cap swing his shield using his web. You know, like if they use their sure, powers sure. together, I right. I really really love that and kind of you know having them work together. Um, there was there's a really good example of it a really long time ago when we were I think it was a Quasar comic we were talking about. Okay, it was a one of the the team ups. Two of the I think it was the Thing and somebody else, but. Was it thing, Giant Man or may, Black Goliath? Maybe. Okay. I think that they were fighting this radioactive monster. So to cut down on the radiation, somebody made... 
Oh, it was the one thing, that, yes. thing, these yeah. metal punching gloves. And I just yeah, thought, the, like, it's, it's so small, great. but it's it's yep. clever. And you you play to the strengths of each character and you right. kind of bring them together to team up. I, I absolutely love that. So the fact that these two cool villains can actually literally combine together to make this foe for Spider-Man is pretty cool. <laughs> Also, you know, John, I love. We all love John Romita Jr. And this art is—I mean, he's perfect for this character, the bulk, yeah, of this monster and the texture, you know. So yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to next issue to see how this plays out. Yeah. So not a great issue again, but I'll give it a minor recommendation only because of the because setup it's, on the last right. Page. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the next issue we're reviewing is right Marvel uh, team up. 106 and you can take it from here right so this is uh we see spider-man teaming up with captain america in this one um mm. this the gist of this comic is pretty much scorpion escapes from an insane asylum and he's going after spider-man and J. jonah jameson and spider-man uh really just kind of runs into captain america there's really no team up going on uh but, right uh the spider-man goes and saves J. Jonah Jameson after he's kidnapped by Scorpion. But the thing is, though, um, and I and I actually not tweeted, but yeah, I posted this on a Facebook page. The one thing that I couldn't believe about this issue is that as of this time, and apparently much long, like longer after this, Peter Spider Man and Captain America did not know each other's secret identities. Right. So if you go, if you go to page, I mean we'll talk about the whole story, but if you go to page uh, digital page eleven, there's mm-hmm. a panel where Peter Parker and Steve Rogers run into each other in the hallway. Right, and it's just, you're just naturally thinking, oh, of course they know each other; they're both superheroes. No, they don't. They and it's just so cool because at this point in Marvel history, most of them didn't. Even Iron Man and Captain America did not know each other's secret identities. So right, I that was really cool. Did you know that? I, yeah, because we I think we had just read. Uh a Spider-Man comic with Captain America and Spider-Man is trying to save somebody and then Cap- Captain America kind of just pushes him away and brushes him off like, get out of here, kid. What was this? Uh, I think... Was that... It was something... Was for this? Um, I'm trying to remember. It wasn't remember. Contest of Champions, was it? I don't think so. I'm trying well, to remember... No, 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 it wasn't... No, 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 it definitely us. wasn't Contest of Champions. But... It, okay. It wasn't even a team up with Captain America. He just happened to be in the comic. And okay. I think that Oh, you know what it was? It was when the vulture kidnapped the little kid and ha- the kid had uh the plague or something like that. Okay. Okay. Oh, in, spe- in spectacular. Right. And they didn't know each other in that comic either. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I guess it's just my own bad short-term memory that I forgot that I already knew this fact, but anyway. but it, it it still surprised me too because it like it sure. definitely catches me off guard because it's kind of like now they're you know Spider-Man joins the Avengers now and then you know what I right. mean like it's kind of and like, and I mean yeah. even Steve Rogers is kind of just a well-known household name in the in right. comics now so it's it's weird that uh, to see Cap with a secret identity. Exactly, yeah. Things have changed, definitely. Yeah. Not always for the better. I mean, now that the newest thing is Superman's going to get rid of his secret identity. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that a future writer will just reverse that, but Probably. it just seems to be a general feeling that all these uh, superhero tropes are outdated, but I don't really think they are. I think that that's what makes them unique. Yeah. And you know, personally. I think that's my least favorite part of the MCU. Is what the, the fact oh, that oh. nobody has a secret identity? Yeah, the, there's uh-huh. I, the, the there's only one character who has a secret identity, and spoiler alert, it's no longer a secret identity anymore. Who is it? Spider Man. Oh, and it was revealed at the end of yeah. Far From Home. Yes, yes. It's yes. it's like I don't I can't think of one other character that has that secret identity. They're all you're known. Right. Yeah, you're right. So I right. I really and <laughs> I think that was kind of missing for from Civil War too with the uh I mean they called it the Sokovia Accords but it was the Superhuman Registration Act yeah that, it was I mean that movie even Mark Mark Miller who wrote Civil War said when he watched the movie after twenty minutes he had no idea what they were fighting about right 
And it's true. I mean, I liked Civil War, but when the conflict of the film is so ill like conceived yeah. and like not that just it just it's just a weakness for the whole movie. It just makes the whole thing not work. Right. They they changed they changed the whole fight between is it moral to force these people to these superhumans to, you know, be police officers pretty much and they change uh-huh. it to this whole fight is because of Bucky. Yeah, which yeah, is the just whole... kind of uh flimsy, I think. Right. And it makes me not like Bucky as a character too. I honestly think the way he was treated in, in the movies, he's like a non-character, but that's mm-hmm. another discussion. Yeah, he just Yeah, we're kind of getting I mean, off yeah, topic. For, but... for his, that's a whole other but there's a lot of weaknesses with all the Marvel movies as much as people love them. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to get into that either. But yeah. yeah. So getting back to this here. So I got to say this issue felt like a classic, you know, mm-hmm. Marvel comic. Two reasons. Tom DeFalco, who we've talked about before, he does a very, very good, right. I guess you could say, imitation of the Stanley style of writing. Yeah. You know, he's a, no, he's a good writer. I was going to say you the know? exact same thing. The 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 writing felt like it was Stanley. Right. It, right. it was like what the, the story that was happening felt classic, but then also the dialogue too. Right. Um, there was one line in particular that uh, <laughs> I really liked. Uh, Calf is fighting Scorpion. And he's okay. kind of giving him this spiel about like, why are you doing this? Uh, uh, you know, you should be standing for human life and liberty. And Scorpion jumps in and says, "Shut up! If I wanted a sermon, I'd mug a minister." Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I, I uh-huh. laughed out loud reading uh-huh. that. Like, I, I literally like burst out laughing because I thought it was just such a fun, classic, like corny comic book line and i i really enjoyed it well and the thing is is that not everybody can do that dialogue like no god knows oh my god brian bendis try as he might he's horrible well he's horrible at all dialogue but his <laughs> spider-man quips are terrible you know mm-hmm. and um most of those guys like then you have guys like paul jenkins who would try to he'd have spider-man explaining why he you know wisecracks it's just but like someone like tom defalco who's not overly revered in the community he's obviously good he's good at it like his quips are funny right yeah and and like they talk like stan lee characters which they should because he co-created the characters right so Mm -hmm. um but anyway let's get back so this plot okay so an absurd silver age style plot so Mm -hmm. uh, i i didn't like the setup but i like the rest of the issue so we have (laughs) um we have the scorpion who is in what is this like a jail or like yeah a, i think it's like a like an insane asylum like mental facility yeah. because he's being checked on by doctors and right it turns out he's just kind of faking it to get his uh scorpion suit back yeah which is like this so is flimsy but so stupid like these two scientists yeah. are experimenting or trying to figure out this guy's what's going on and they're like well you know what i know how we can cure him we can give him back a scorpion suit <laughs> so and then he's like oh yeah, i tricked you i was faking and then he just breaks out and yeah. takes off so can, like, can we like, also talk about how disgusting this first page is the face yeah i hate it really i i i don't know why i just uh i i don't like looking at it i i know well, i guess that's probably the point is he's like faking being a madman sure sure but it's just yeah i i really uh, what so what is it you don't see because i here's the thing i love herb trimpy i love herb trimpy right so one of the things about herb trimpy is even stanley told him that he couldn't he couldn't draw well but he could tell a good you could tell a good story right and so his art is notoriously like i don't want to say it's ugly but it's like his figures are distorted. Yeah. His faces are weird. Is that I, I what you mean? I think that's what this is. It, it just, everything about it feels like distorted and weird. I mean, okay. even if we go beyond the whole, like the eyeballs being like wall-eyed and the sure. veins and like the nastiness that's supposed to be there. But like, even like the, the fact that his cheekbones are not very parallel and like sure. it looks like yeah. the one side of his face is like really lumpy and swollen the other side okay. like, i don't know i just i think it it might be a mixture of the art and then also the context itself okay but yeah i just 
I, I really didn't like this first page. I tried, I read it as fast as I could to continue on. I, you know, it didn't, it didn't affect me at all either way. Like yeah. I didn't even honestly notice it, but, but I, I am used to his art being like, sometimes his art can be really good, but some like, I'm, it's never bad, but sometimes it's definitely ugly. I'll give you that, you know? Right. But he definitely cares more about telling the story, but that's just the way it was back then. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, so Scorpion breaks out and then where does he go here? He goes to the, uh. Steal some weapons, right? Yeah, he steals some weapons, and uh, Peter Parker leaves the uh, his job because he hears on the radio that uh, Scorpio's out rampaging this facility. Right. So we see him rushing out, and is this supposed to be Deb? Yeah, it's Deborah Whitman. Is it? Yeah, she gets a cameo, and he snubs her. Right, which is weird. So when is this supposed to even take place? Well, let's be clear. Back in these days, right. Back in those days, um, continuity was a little bit looser. Like, okay, I mean, they kept track of what was going on, but it's you. It, trust me, I know from reading like the whole Hobgoblin era that it it doesn't go month to month. It's like sometimes the way that they would explain it is okay. You got to read these four issues of Amazing, then read these three issues of Web, then these oh, four issues of Spectacular. So it's not like one issue matches up to the same month of the other series mm. you know so spectacular and amazing in june 1981 are not necessarily going to match up so did they there's just no way did yeah. they like re- release like a, a reading order or something or was it just supposed to be like is it just discovered later on kind of thing uh, i know that for an a specific time of the hobgoblin era they actually published it in the letters page okay they said okay just so because because at that point the hobgoblin mystery is running through all the comics so you right. have to kind of keep track so they they actually released their, a reading order interesting okay but they didn't do obviously they didn't do it for everything but i mean and as far as like you know this like i'm sure that like if you go to um uh, what is this? Marvel.fandom.com. They've probably figured out the exact order. Probably, like, look right, here. right. Like, yeah, like if I go to Deborah Whitman. Okay, here we go. This is what I'll do right now. So if I go to June 1981. Mm-hmm. So bear with us, listeners. So if you go to June 1981 and you go to... Oh, which one are we on? Are we on Marvel Team Up? Yeah, we're on Marvel Team Up. Yeah. Okay. So we're on Marvel Team Up. So then I go to Deborah Whitman, according to this website... Her last appearance before this was Spectacular 55, and her next oh. one, yeah, her next one is, hold on a sec here, where did she go? Deborah Whitman's next appearance is Spectacular 56. So, um, where's Amazing and all this? I don't even know. Like, Whoa. I have to keep, oh, see, then it goes, oh, so, so Amazing then it goes, must take place, like, way after. Actually, no, you know what? It says Amazing 218 is after those two, which means Amazing... 217 is before so really it doesn't match up does it no it doesn't really match up because in those other stories she's already dating another guy right and but, she's like and already it, ignoring him too right so because it in, seems, because in uh in the next issue that we're going to be talking about for peter parker spectacular spider-man she kind of just gives him the cold shoulder and ignores him right so clearly it doesn't all match up yeah but that's okay. I, you know, I, I'm curious to see how modern comics, because I, I'm not completely up to date, and I don't like keep track of uh, comics now. So I wonder if that's changed. If they, if they kind of keep a, a close eye of what's going on in in, in the world. Well, I'll tell you, I'm no expert, but I know that in the 2000s, when like Joe Casada was kind of in charge or Casada, mm-hmm. it was. It was the Wild West. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, between, like, Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man... Like, he used to have all these other series, like, Web Spinners or whatever it was called. Like, Spider-Man's Tangled Web. Not only would the, like, timeline not match up, but the character... The characterization wouldn't match up. Like, you'd have a character... Yeah. You'd have, like... I think it was... um, Mysterio or someone Mysterio would die in one series and then just show show up up in the next one (laughs) yep no explanation oh Um, jeez yeah just just complete garbage like that that. like I'm sorry that sounds like the complete opposite of what I would expect especially from Marvel like I mean maybe it's just because we're we're spoiled with the movies because the continuity seems to be so strong right and and it really feels like one (sighs) continuous story when you're watching the movies that I just assumed that nowadays the comics would be kind of like that, but 
No, I, from wow. my experience, I'll tell you, I think that the continuity in, in the 70s and 80s was probably as tight as it ever was or mm-hmm. ever will be. And I think it's because of Jim Shooter's one, but I think it's because of uh, Mark Grenwald because he was so obsessed with continuity that he mm-hmm. kept everything in line. I think it was him. I could be wrong. But I also know that when, when Jim Shooter created Valiant Comics, their their continuity was uh, airtight as right. well. Right. You know, it, this is probably the animator in me, but I also absolutely love continuity. Like, sure, not having yeah. the continuity there really kind of bothers me. Right. And it feels like that uh, like that nervous tick kind of thing, like that, uh-huh. like, oh, I, yeah, it really just kind of irks me when it doesn't yeah. match up, so... Yeah, like I mean, hmm. you could you could read this story and sort of squeeze like you could you could do a mind pretzel and figure out how right. this matches up, but it doesn't quite match up. But whatever. I mean, they were they were rushing these out on like a monthly basis right. on deadlines and it's never going to be perfect. But anyway. So yeah, back to the story. So then we got a really cool page of storytelling on page digital 6 here. I love this page. Like look at Spidey on top of the roof, changing mm-hmm. from Peter to Spidey, then getting his camera out, then getting the web cartridges and putting them in and oh, I just love it. This mm-hmm. whole page is great. And then up like look at the perspective is it's below him, then it's below him again, then it's way above him, then it's below him. You yeah. know, it's great. Anyway. And then um and- <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, even like uh, continuing on to the next page, I really like uh, the shot of him like kneeling down on the roof with the pigeons, right? And then that, right. and then like jumping really close up uh, mm. when he's talking about like especially those who have to teach early morning biochem classes. Uh-huh. Like it's just, it, it's kind of like a uh, like an intense shot for kind of a comedically tense thing. Yeah, and you got to yeah. wonder with uh, with the way that a lot of Marvel comics were done at the time, it, the art could have all been done first, and then, um, who's the writer? Jeez, I forgot. True. Um, who's the I, I forgot who the writer was on this. Oh, it's uh, Tom DeFalco. Here. Tom DeFalco, right? Yeah. He probably went back and um, just filled in the dialogue, right? So maybe Herb Trimpey drew that close up thinking oh well he'll put something really dramatic in there but then he just put in this little reference to teaching in the morning so. yeah I, I like whether it was intentional or not I think it's pretty uh, I think it, it was a pretty fit, funny moment yeah definitely mm-hmm. definitely and let's be clear like one thing I learned from reading uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby Fantastic Four comics is sometimes a lot of the humor is created by the fact that Stanley is looking at Kirby's art and just adding stuff like afterward it, mm. it definitely can create its own gags you know what i mean right depend depending on the order that's done but anyway so then we have uh the scorpion with all of his um flunkies mm-hmm. in this like uh warehouse type thing and i don't know i don't even know what they're talking about i don't even remember <laughs> yeah i can't remember exactly what they're talking about. they <laughs> they captured uh jameson and they have him to oh oh yeah, so they they break into the bugle first, right? Right, right. And then they they kidnap. Well, that's him. later, yeah. Oh, sorry. Which part are you talking about? I'm 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 back like when Spider Man was up on the rooftop, and then we sort of cut over to Scorpion in with his thugs. Oh, okay. And then basically, uh, yeah, they're they're all kind of like no one really takes him seriously, so he's trying to prove to them that he's still a tough guy. Right. So he comes up with this plan. Uh, yeah, he he's we, showing off too that he's still like the head honcho and he that's why he went earlier on to the uh that facility to steal the weapons he upgraded his armor and his uh suit Mm -hmm. so which which i also like like there was a purpose for him going and robbing a bank or robbing a a facility which alerted spider-man which is now going to be kind of a problem for him later and he uses this to intimidate the goons to get them to follow him again like that type of storytelling where one thing leads into the the next sure. really works for me. So, well, then the, the then the idea they have is a little bit absurd. Where his idea is to, uh, he's like, I know the savage leadership of the Scorpion retailers who carry the Daily Bugle <laughs> are harassed. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But um, and then you know, Jane and J. J. Joman and Jameson is complaining that their circulation's down. Mm. Blah blah blah. You know, I, I I wonder if at the time though it it would have been like a bigger deal. Because if you think about it, like uh, 
like a news report. Sure. Nowadays, like if you're harassing the station and like messing that, like that could be kind of a bigger deal. Like if, if newspapers were much more common and newsstands were a big thing, like going and burning down Daily Bugle newsstands and like they show them like, uh, blowing up like a Daily Bugle delivery van. Like it's, uh, I think it was a little bit probably a little bit more intimidating back then. Yeah, it's that's not, true. Yeah. yeah, it's not like <laughs> deface the gas stations that are <laughs> yeah. selling the the newspapers. Right, right, yeah. So, okay, so so then anyway, so then um then we have our scene that we already spoke about where um basically uh Peter Parker runs into Steve Rogers in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And it's because Steve Rogers is is he being interviewed here? Um <sighs> I can't remember. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, he's a commercial artist. I have the yeah. appointment well, with the that, yeah. city editor, Joe Robertson. Right. So he might be selling art or something for the mm. Bugle. You know, I, I know at one point he was actually drawing comics, which is kind of cool. Oh, anyway. that is really cool. Yeah. So anyway, so then um, so then they pass each other in the hall, and then he comes back later, but then before that happens, uh, Scorpion ends up attacking the Daily Bugle. Um, oh wait, so here, so he comes out, so, so Rogers, uh, touches base with Peter and he's like, Parker, I take it that the things didn't go well. Not, not very. How do things, how did you make out? Robertson liked my work, but the economic climate here is too unstable. So basically <laughs> this is just a way to get them together so right. they can team up, right? Which is fine. So then Scorpion attacks, uh, the bugle and then it's kind of cool because then Peter Parker has to change into Spider-Man mm-hmm. and he wants to go behind this, uh, filing cabinet, but he's like, I was going to duck behind those filing cabinets, but I can sense that someone beat me to them. I guess it's back to the old stalker room. So then we see Captain. Right. Like, first of all, there's where is the room behind this filing <laughs> cabinet for a grown man to change into his a costume? But whatever. Okay, that's fine. Hey, so if, he, if he's if he's able to crouch down and hide his whole body under that small little shield, I can believe this. Yeah, <laughs> and it's you know what, and this is where if you look at the perspective, it gets a little wonky because yeah. Peter's walking by, and we see kind of like maybe a foot of space behind the filing cabinet, but then the next panel, it's way yeah, yeah, it doesn't quite match up, but whatever, okay, fine, and then um, so then Cap, Cap comes out, and uh, then it's fisticuffs after that, yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Like there, it's just pretty much a brawl. Uh, he does get away with uh. JJ and then they have to go back and get him. And so another thing too, is this this is like in a different building, like in their facility, which how did they I can't remember, how did they track him down again? Track down uh Scorpion after he leaves. Cause cause uh Spider-Man and Cap fall out of the building and yeah. then everybody's kind of heckling them in the streets, and then Scorpion gets away and then we cut to them uh to Spider-Man looking at the facility that they're holding him in and then him and Cap break in and start fighting again. That's what okay so this is what's funny is Spider-Man is swinging away and basically he just says Scorpion was seen heading towards the Bronx and Zingo I found him so they don't really explain right. or show it. Okay. That's it. He just finds them, which is, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought maybe I had missed something. No. But okay. He just finds them. And then it's funny because then Spider-Man goes, I better signal my shield-toting buddy. He was falling behind in a cab. So this is like very <laughs> awkward storytelling. This is clearly like it wasn't shown properly in the art, so it had to be right. explained in the dialogue. Yeah. And also the reason uh, Cap is in a cab is because he hurt his arm. He does say that he'll need a few minutes to have his arm taped. So that kind of explains why he's following behind in right. the cab, but it's still ridiculous. Though. Yeah, it, it also feels like, why did you have to have this final conflict in this facility? Why couldn't this have just been still at the Daily Bugle? Well, it's probably just to stretch it out because right. imagine trying to stretch out one fight for you know, 15 True, pages. Right. Instead, you split it up into two, but it is still kind of, there's not really much to it. Right. It's but then, just another but fight. But then the scene. end, the 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 last page is like the ending is just so abrupt again yeah you know what i mean so like i feel yep. like i don't know they could have maybe cut down on that and then give us given us like a proper ending maybe sure. but 
It's not great. No. It's like, it, I, I think it's more Herb Trimpey's, like we said, her, like Herb Trimpey's art and also the dialogue is like classic, but the actual plot is not great at all. No, no. Uh, and, and you know, the thing about Tom DeFalco is I never know what to think about him because his amazing Spider-Man run is so well regarded, but his Thor run, everyone hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, his Fantastic Four run, everyone hated it. So it's just like, I'm not sure if he has like an A game and a B game or what. Right. Anyway, so yeah, not great. But you know, I can mildly the, recommend it as a yeah, classic feeling. I was, I was going to say, I don't think it was awful either. I thought it right. was just, it was good. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mild recommend. Right, me too. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, we're going to move on next to uh, Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man number 55. Yes. This and, one. Oh, you want to take this one? Oh, I was just going to say, this one was probably my favorite of the three. Yes, of course. Yeah. It was. At almost every month, our the Roger Stern spectacular uh, is our favorite of the month. Yes. Right. So drawn by Roger, or sorry, written by Roger Stern, drawn by Luke McDonald, filling and, in for Marie Severin, I guess. Yeah, and then again, Jim Mooney's back with the ink. Right. So, yeah. You got to wonder why they just didn't let him draw it. But um, I got to say, the art, the art's not great. No, especially at the beginning, I thought. Um, yeah. I didn't really have much of a problem with layout and like how the panels looked but mm-hmm. at the beginning it doesn't look like peter parker maybe it's just the stubble like maybe it's just that yeah the fact that, that he, he, like he's shaving in this so we do see him with like a five o'clock shadow and it just doesn't look like him but yeah it feels like the characters are very off model in some parts totally off model you're right like the, yeah. oh, the first page is actually not bad but then the second page there's a bunch of panels of him waking up and getting out of bed and right. it just doesn't look like him at no. all eh? yeah uh it's just ugly yeah but then like later on it does like if you look at pa- digital five um sure. yep it does look like him again Right, it so, gets better, absolutely. So I wonder if it's just the stubble like throwing us off. But like, if you look at that uh, second page, Digital 3, that top right panel does not look like Peter Parker at all. No. Like even with or, the, or, without the stubble, like it looks just like a completely different person. Well, and then the third panel, it just doesn't even look like a professional comic. Right. You know, it's like gar- it's like the foreshortening's all off and his face is all off he's all mushed together yeah it's just not great Mm -hmm. but anyway so he escapes his landlady which is always i I remember this landlady from because she's around for a while right this is always a fun little subplot but he escapes her and then goes on to uh this is the university so then he runs runs into deborah whitman again Mm -hmm. and uh he's not really terrible to her but there's clearly something in the air here right and they kind of just sorry go ahead yeah he well he's actually kind of nice in this one and then deb is finally kind of giving him the cold shoulder right um and she kind of finally puts her foot down she says congratulations parker you've just won cold shoulder award and nobody deserves it more which is Uh so true like yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's kind of nice to see some justice for deb it's actually funny because he actually says in the thought bubble when I ran out on Deb, it was to check on a lady I hardly knew, a lady who almost killed me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder if he's criticizing Denny O'Neill. Like I wonder. That's true. that was. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's so very interesting. Dumb. Yeah. And and that could also explain maybe why it doesn't necessarily match up so well. That could be With it, the other yeah. comics, because maybe it was, this was more of a call out to be like, listen, that wasn't Spider-Man. This is kind of right, thing. Right, but, right, right, right. So then we get it. So then we go into a, like this new plot. Oh, which is actually in Project Pegasus, which yeah. we're familiar with from the uh, Quasar chronology. And we encounter this group of scientists who are all kind of arguing. Um, they've got this. <laughs> they've got this. Uh, these canisters here. Right. And yeah. I don't know if this connects back to like an old story, but basically when they mix them together, it cr- it, it brings back this supervillain named Nitro. I really kind of like this. Yeah. I, this this idea that, cool, yeah. that they this is like this being that's completely made out of gas. So when he was in that gaseous state, 
they separated him into two different canisters so he couldn't be whole again and be like a human or like a person. Right. I think that's really smart because if he was all in one canister, he would just have his powers to be able to escape, right? So I think that that's kind of a clever, fun way. And like normally I think it would have been done really cheesy, but this Mm -hmm. it works for some reason. Like it's – Yeah. And I think it's because too the characters um, believe it. Right, and, and they exactly. they sell it, so it it works for me. Exactly, I agree. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the art uh, kind of holds it back a little yeah. bit. It, this looks like bad, like off-brand nineteen sixties art. And uh, I mean, most sixties art is good from Marvel and DC, but try reading an off-brand comic from like Gold Key or one of those other companies, and this is what the art looks like. It just looks yeah like garbage, you know. Um, so unfortunately it does hold it back a little bit, but, um, yeah, so- it, it, speaking of bad art on page digital page 10, okay. The bottom left panel, uh, yeah. nitro is slapped his daughter. Uh-huh. His arm is broken. Ah, uh, and that's the one he uses to slap her. Yeah. Like the, 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 the arm that he uses to slap, like it, it looks completely broken. Oh, okay. Like it's it's yeah, so, facing yeah. the opposite way. Like it just looks so yeah, off. Um, let me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like it's like the elbow is the wrong way. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of. Mm. There's a lot of examples. A lot of bad art in this comic. Yeah. It's like it's like Luke, and Luke McDonald. I'm not sure if you know him, but he's um I think he's most famous for doing Suicide Squad in the early '90s. Okay. And it wasn't really much better. I don't think I've I've ever actually read any Suicide uh, comics. Yeah, that's pretty good. Like the 90s run by John Ostrander is pretty good. Yep. Okay. But the art was always pretty terrible, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so Nitro basically goes off and he's sort of hiding in civilian clothing. And and then I'm uh, trying to follow along with how. So then eventually he he runs in with Spidey and then they end up fighting, of course, which is, you know, right. They're they're both at the bank. Uh, Parker's there to cash his check. And then he's kind of using his daughter to get a bunch of money so he can run away. Mm -hmm. So from there, uh, Parker quickly changes into Spider-Man and then the fight ensues. And, you know, I think at this point we can accept that every issue of Spider-Man is going to have a fight scene at one point. That's fine. But um, I got to say, it actually is, I really like the way Spider-Man ends up beating him. Yeah. Uh, because let's be clear, Peter Parker is a, well, he's a scientist. Science student. Yeah. He's, he's a, yeah, he's smart. He knows yeah. his stuff. And so um, anyway, so he sees these canisters and basically he comes up with this plan. So he swings in with this canister and he says, I brought you a going away present and coated it with my extra sticky webbing to keep you from keeping you from dropping it. Butterfingers, what? Uh, so basically, so he coats him in this other chemical, mm-hmm. jumps out, and then there's this explosion. And then he, so then he actually, so this is where it gets kind of weird because he defeats Nitro, and Nitro is like keeled over, like he's in excruciating right. pain, and he's like, "What? What did you do to me?" I feel awful. Can't concentrate enough to explode. Can't even stand. Then Spidey says, "I'm su-, so." Then he says, um, "That particular brand." Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll go up. Right. I su- I'm surprised you can even talk. That canister was full of na- nausea gas. Is that how you pronounce it? Nauseous or nausea? Nausea. No, nausea, 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 nausea gas. Nausea gas. You know the stuff used to break up riots. The particular brand produced by Chemical happens to combine with other gases quite easily i figured it might combine with your vapor form when you exploded and from the looks of things i was right that nausea gas is now part of you of your chemistry nitro i'm afraid you're going to be sick for a long time i'm sorry it's but so this is what's, cool it's so weird because he defeats him but it's like he feels such remorse about it because this guy is in excruciating pain right and he's just laying there and then and then he and then the next page spidey says it wasn't the nicest way to stop a man but he didn't give me a choice and uh, and then he's actually talking to his daughter. He's like, for what it's worth, Miss Hunter, I'm sorry it turned out this way. And then she's like, I understand, Spider-Man, you did what you had to do. I'm just glad you stopped him before he hurt anyone else. It's just like it's a really weird, it's 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 a realistic, you know, yeah. uh, way no, to handle this. It's true. Like, how, how else are you supposed to stop somebody who's, like, just exploding constantly? Like, right, exploding right. and then reforming, exploding, reforming. Like, uh-huh. it, it, 
he's kind of backed into a corner at this point and he right. did what he had to do. I think it was really clever. I uh, I really liked the ending of this one. Yeah, I really and then at the end in the last panel he says, uh, you know, even when I win I feel I feel like it feels like losing. And that's mm-hmm. t- t- such a Stanley Steve Ditko way to end right. the story, right? Just like the classic Spider-Man comics. So uh, once again, the at, at the very least this is the best story of the month for the sure. Art, uh, unfortunately suffers because it's a fill-in job by Luke right. McDonald, so the art isn't and, good. So it's- and I think it's passable. Like, I-, I wouldn't say that it's like ruins the story in any way. No, it doesn't ruin the story. It's just really amateur sometimes. Right, but, and but the storytelling is not terrible, especially compared to John Romita Jr. Like we yeah. we've been spoiled with a lot of the really good stuff that he's uh, he's done. So absolutely, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I, I once again, this is the best story of the month. So I recommend this for as sure. A classic Spider-Man story. Yeah, and and I really like the cover too. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty interesting. It's like this, yeah, pinky uh, <laughs> color. That's the entire uh, the cover. Oh my god! Yeah, what a sentence. It, it's, the entire cover is yeah. like this pinky uh, <laughs> magenta, and Spider-Man's. Like, what? I was gonna say it's Frank Miller. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Spider-Man's kind of in this like shadow, so he's almost all black, and then his webbing is red. And we have Nitro right. there, kind of mid mid explosion, and you can see like mm-hmm. the silhouettes of him getting right. bigger and bigger in the like, the dots that are everywhere. I, right. I just so, really like this. Uh, the so cover. this era, yeah, like uh, most of the covers from this era are pretty good because they're mostly by Frank Miller. This isn't my favorite, but there's definitely still that Frank Miller sense of design mm-hmm. with the black, almost silhouetted Spidey and then the pink background. You're right. It is really good. Yeah. So this wasn't your, what was your favorite of this week then? Oh, is this one? Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you said it wasn't your yeah. favorite this week. Oh, no, no. It was, I said it's, it's at the very least the story is my favorite. Oh, okay. Not the art. Yeah. Definitely not the art, but the story, it is the best one. So it's definitely the one I recommend yeah. this week. Yeah, same here. So that wraps up this week. Next week, yeah. to celebrate our quarter year, for the very first time, we will have a guest host in the form of Bex Luther from the Comic Book Syndicate. So she'll be helping us review Amazing Spider-Man 218, Marvel Team-Up 107, and Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man number 56. Yeah, and I'm uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, if you guys want to leave us a review or a comment about what you guys thought about the episode or the comics we read, follow us over on Facebook and Twitter at Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, you can find us there, and make sure you guys uh, leave us a review. All right, and until next Monday, this has been Here Comes the Spider Cast. All right, see you next time.